This is Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock, and you're listening to Music Mania. Get ready for some screaming heavy metal! We rock! But the evil that men do... You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. You are locked and loaded right here on the Music Mania Podcast, and we are off and running into the spring and warm weather months, my favorite time of year, and I know it is for you guys as well, because that means outdoor events, live music, hanging out with your friends, cold beverages, and just a lot more fun, a lot more things that you can do, especially here in the Midwest where we live through a miserable winter. We're out of it now. My concert calendar is filling up. That's what it's all about for me uh, during the spring and summer months as I am out uh, reviewing shows, doing interviews, and we really heat up this time of year. And uh, that is no different here in 2019. On this show, we're going to be welcoming a very special guest, George Harris, guitarist, co-founder of the band The Raven Age. Yes, it is Steve Harris from Iron Maiden, his son. And the Raven Age will be opening for Iron Maiden on their upcoming U.S. Legacy of the Beast tour. We're going to be talking to them about opening for Iron Maiden back on the Book of Souls tour in 2016. Their, their new album, Conspiracy, which is out now via their own record label. And uh, kind of what it was like growing up being the son of a legend. Steve Harris is flat out my favorite metal bass player of all time. Iron Maiden is my favorite band. I'm going to be going to that show in Las Vegas here uh, in September 13th. So I'm going to be checking out that show. I saw the Raven Age open for Iron Maiden uh, back in 2016 in Tulsa on the Book of Souls tour. I was really impressed with their live show. We're going to be talking to uh, George about how much they learned uh, opening for Maiden, watching uh, the metal icons perform two hours night after night, and kind of what uh, Steve's learned, just uh, kind of what George has learned uh, from his dad, Steve, growing up around the business in in kind of this metal universe. Uh, and let me tell you, the new album from the Raven Age, it is called Conspiracy, and it draw, it's really drawing inspiration from the band's interest in historical myths and conspiracies. Lyrically, the tracks tell stories of desperation and inhumanity throughout different periods of time, delving into the lives and experiences of people from years ago. Very good stuff. As uh, George will explain, it's not exactly a concept album, but really just uh, kind of using uh, these themes. And uh, this is their the, the band's second album. So their first album came out back in 2016, Darkness Will Rise, and they were... Uh, crowned Best New Band of 2017 by Planet Rock and Metal Hammer. They have sh- uh, been at such festivals as Bloodstock, Hellfest, Whackin, Open Air, Rock'em Ring, and more. They've shared the stage with rock heavyweights like Anthrax, Mastodon, Ghost, of course Iron Maiden. I can't wait to see these guys. I hope you guys uh, are going to enjoy this interview I did with George, who is kind enough to stay up late uh, in, in uh, Great Britain time to, to join me via Skype to do this interview. So exciting things from the Raven Age. A lot of really exciting things coming up here on the Music Mania podcast. Got a lot coming up. Big things. Um, got a lot of shows. Uh, got Ario Speedwagon coming up. Uh, got a Michael Schenker Fest coming up here in Kansas City. Uh, so much on the horizon. Sammy Hagar in St. Louis. 
That's all before even June. Uh, I got a firehouse coming up in June. Vixen, all going to be here in the Kansas City area out in uh, Kansas. So, you know, my, my shows are filling up. I know yours are as well. So before we get to our interview with George Harris from the Raven Age, got to tell you about our sponsor, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri. Guys, for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland. They buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyl, and more. Guys, do not let the vibe of the old school record store go by the wayside. Give them a visit off Antioch Road in Gladstone today. Tell them Music Mania sent you, and there will be a discount, or it's on us. Hey, George, it's Clint Schweitzer. How you doing, man? Hey, mate. Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. How are you? Oh, doing wonderful. Thanks for joining us uh, from the UK here, staying up late and uh, and doing this with us, man. How's everything been going? No problem. Yeah, yeah, it's going really well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All good. Just uh, just recently come off our European headline tour with the rest of the guys, just kind of settled in back home and, um, yeah, cracking on with uh, cracking on with what's next. Yeah, yeah. talk about that tour. I know you guys went out and did, uh, did a lot of headlining dates. How did that tour go for you guys? What was it like uh, getting out there and just kind of what was some of, some of your experiences out there on the road so far? It was an unbelievable tour for us. Um, I mean, a few of us said we think it's like hands down our favourite tour yet. I mean, I think obviously we've been we've been super lucky to do some amazing stuff, but I, I think it's kind of a different story when you're you're playing to your own fans and people who know your stuff. And um, obviously, we just dropped our album like right before the tour, and it, it's been received really, really well by our fans and, and reviews and stuff. So um, the number of well, the growth in numbers on the, on this tour was pretty significant to our first headliner, and that was that alone was really exciting. And just um, the amount of people that knew all the words to our album, even though it dropped like a couple of weeks before it, it was pretty sort of overwhelming for us. We weren't, we didn't really know what to expect, and it was just the whole tour was just just really really good vibe. I'm glad to hear that. That's awesome. Uh, you know, this, this album is conspiracy, and it kind of draws inspiration uh, from your interest in things like historical myths and conspiracies. Kind of talk about that, how that kind of became the uh, the theme for this album, and, and uh, kind of talk about your interest uh, in, in all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just like, you know what, it's never really been, never really sat down and thought, okay, I want to write a song about this, like, uh, you know, about historical themes or anything. That's kind of just been... Me personally, like when I go searching for like inspiration for writing lyrical content, like these are the kind of subjects that like draw me in and I get like excited by. You know, I mean, there's like like the horror historical themes, like like Fleur de Lis and uh, obviously Scimitar and stuff, and Grave of the Fireflies. Like they're just like they're such big sort of epic subjects that there's so much content to it to get your teeth into. So like. If you're reading, if I'm reading up on it, or whatever it might be, or watching a film about it or something, there's so much to it that it's like you never really sort of. I never find like with stuff like that, I'm never really scraping the barrel for like ideas and sort of lines or content to try and to try and get um, some inspiration from. So that's kind of why I'm drawn towards that sort of thing. I mean, conspiracy. The album is like it has a lot of those um, those type of things lyrically but it also has some like more personal stuff going on with it as well in stuff like uh, in tracks like um uh betrayal of the mind so i'm losing my words um yeah so it's quite it's not actually like a concept album or like may seem like it but it kind of um it has a bit of both in there which is also cool there's a lot of stuff like that in the data world to still uh the type of songs where people can kind of relate it to themselves a little bit more um but 
yeah, um, overall, it's, it, that kind of seems to be a bit of a running theme for the band. Well, you've been spending the last few years kind of protecting, uh, you know, perfecting rather your sound and your identity. Talk about what uh, the addition of uh, vocalist uh, MJ and uh, guitarist uh, Tony Mao have kind of brought to the band. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've both definitely definitely changed the sound of the band, like for sure. Um, especially MJ, obviously being the front man and being the style of music we play. Um, you know, we're like a heavy metal band, obviously, but with like we've clean vocals, so that is like really in the forefront of our of our mixes and our sound, like the vocals. So it's like kind of the, the first thing you hear, really. So changing that was a pretty drastic thing for us to do. Um, and finding MJ, we feel like we've really found, like sort of landing on our feet, finding him really, even though we spent a long time searching and we were kind of like really, you know, stressed out for a while, putting our hair out. And then it turns out we ended up going with a guy we already knew, <laughs> which is, which is ironic, but, He's, he brings a lot to the table. He's got a, an amazing vocal range, which is one of the things which actually changed it quite drastically for us. Because um, when it comes to songwriting, um, it, we found that his he, his range enabled us to actually sort of break down a few barriers we had before in terms of melody writing. So for me, it kind of opened up a few more doors. Um, as soon as he joined, we ran through some stuff which we already had. I realised that he just had that extra headspace to sort of go even higher in certain parts. Like I was kind of chain, sort of, I don't know, sort of, uh, sort of dampening down to fit within a certain bracket, which he he, he could he could do both. So it, it, that definitely has helped. And same with Tony. Tony is like Tony's brought some a lot of stuff to the table in terms of writing as well. He's a great songwriter and he's also a great singer, which really helps on the live perspective. Is his backing vocals are brilliant, but. Um, yeah, having an extra two songwriters on board has definitely changed the dynamic of the album, and I think it's just um, it's just made it all, all, all for the better. Well, George, talk about this, because uh, here in July, you guys will be back out on the road, of course, uh, opening for Iron Maiden on their Legacy of the Beast U.S. tour. This is going to be huge. Yeah. Of course, you guys opened for the for Iron Maiden back uh, on the Book of Souls tour in the America as well. Uh, talk about kind of what, yeah. what you learned opening for, for Iron Maiden on that, uh, that tour. Now, going into this one, how big it's going to be for you guys to be back out in some really big venues and another chance to get some real good visibility for the band. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an absolutely unbelievable opportunity. We, we can't deny that. It's just going to be we're, we're super super excited for it. I mean, I guess like doing that run the first time round, it, it it taught us like it definitely taught us a stage stagecraft. Like the stages are just huge. You know, they're a lot a lot bigger than what we used to playing before playing on before. So you know, we need to like you need to learn how to project yourself and the songs like to fill that stage. Otherwise we look like a tiny little band playing on a huge stage and it kind of doesn't really work. So, you know, that really, really helped us with that, with that side of it. Um, like, I think particularly doing a US tour we've made and is actually kind of perfect for us. Cause, um, we actually seem to get a lot of, um, a lot of followers and listeners from the US. Uh, if you if you were to look into our like Spotify stats or something like that, like I think it's like a third of our listeners like come from the US. So it's, we're really excited to get back out there and try and connect with all those fans who like us and obviously play in front front of everyone else and and try and grab all those all, all the guys from from over in, in the states and and like Canada and also South America. So it's it's going to be unreal. 
Well, for those that uh, that that don't know, um, they of course should. But uh, your your dad, of course, is Steve Harris, the legendary Steve Harris, one of the great metal bassists of all time. And just kind of talk about your indoctrination in, into the music business. Obviously, you grew up a lot different than than most people with with uh, Steve and Iron Maiden just uh, on top of on top of the metal you know mountaintop. Um, but what 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 are some things like what as as you came up um, knowing that your you know your dad was a part of this band? Are, are there some things that kind that kind of he steered you toward or, or taught you that have kind of helped lead you to, to the path that you're in right now? I mean, not like in terms of pushing me towards music. I was never, ever like tried to sort of force me to, to get into music or to play an instrument or anything like that. I mean, obviously he's constantly playing it. Like, you know, on the school run, I'll be listening to all sorts of stuff. And like, I feel like subconsciously he's kind of just sunk in over the years and he's, I've kind of ended up being a, like, super you know into my music but that's just kind of happened naturally and same with picking up the guitar and, and, and writing like that's just kind of happened naturally really I don't think he was really expecting me to do that but one thing I guess like that you know obviously obviously helps is the fact that he's kind of been in my shoes where I am at the moment he's been there and done it all and obviously been successful so like he knows what he's talking about like even though the music industry has completely changed from when he was my age like there's a lot of the main principles which are remain the same like you know which he, some of the advice he gives he's given me which has really sort of helped is just like you know advising sort of hard work and stuff like that like and also just one of the main one of the best some of the best advice i think he's given me is probably um just you know stay true to yourself in terms of like your your ideas like it's your band like he's always said to me no one no one knows your band better than you do so like basically as you grow as a band i think like there's more more and more people get involved there's more and more opinions and there's more and more things that can change that from from the original idea and like if you can sort of hang on to that like as best you can then you know that's uh definitely definitely the way forward and i feel like you know i guess he's, he's obviously done that himself so it's a, a great piece of advice well you guys have played uh in, in, you know on some really big bills some really big festivals uh you know like whacking um you know bloodstock things like that alongside some just heavyweights like kill switch engage mastodon uh anthrax yeah. ghost many more but is there you know even, even though you're you're partisan you're you have a bias you grew up around uh, Iron Maiden to, to at this point in 2019 to still see those kind of performances. Of course, Bruce Dickinson had, had cancer and battled back to see that kind of live performance. Does that, does that still resonate with you? Does it, does it kind of leave you in awe, especially when you see him every single night when you, when you're opening for them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, we obviously, we, we always try and get out and watch the show because this is, yes, it's such an, such an amazing show. Like, you know, obviously, song-wise and and visually, we just watch it watch it as many times as we can. And I mean, having more than ever now, having just got off the back of a headline album, which has played, we played for about an hour and twenty-five minutes, and that's the longest we've ever done. And doing that every night, like I realise, you know, it's pretty pretty tough work when you're throwing yourself around a stage and like you're full of energy, and you've got to keep that up for an hour and twenty-five minutes for us. Like I then think they're doing those guys are doing it for two hours every night. And uh, still giving off all that energy at their age and stuff, and I just kind of yeah, I think that's pretty incredible. Absolutely, and we you know can't wait to see uh, to see you guys here you know back in America. That's just going to be be an amazing experience. Of course, I mean, you guys 
in 2017, uh, when you released your debut album, you had some, you know, a lot of praise kind of coming your way. You played some really big shows. Um, just kind of talk about that journey, what the last two years have meant to you to go from uh, from where you were in 2017 to get to this album, to Conspiracy, to the biggest run of headlining dates you've ever done, and now uh, back to opening for Iron Maiden. Just talk about this two-year journey and kind of what it's been like getting back to this point. Yeah, it was, it's been like super up and down for us. I mean, we had like we did that tour in 2016, and obviously that was a huge high. And then all of a sudden, we got picked up by BMG Germany, which was just you know unbelievable. Um, you know, as as a band starting out as a band, we've sort of dreamed to do is release your first album, and we managed to do that, signed to a, a great big record label. So it was that was massive kind of dream come true. It was all all, all high moments, and then you know touring and everything, and. And obviously, the, the first album was of like a collection of all the songs we'd written, you know, up till that point. So, and all of a sudden, it was like, okay, pressure's on. We need to follow that up with something even better. So, kind of like, got to admit, I did feel that pressure a little bit because we did a lot of touring. There wasn't loads of time off in between to get myself like sort of settled and, and sit home and write like I used, I did before. And then we went through the whole thing with our singer change and. I kept thinking to myself, well, I need to like, you know, I need, I need to crack on and start writing the next album. I was like, but we don't have a singer. Like, there's no <laughs> point. Like, we, what is the point in writing music? Like, if we, we're not going to be able to play it because we had all this stuff coming up that was like, you know, I had, I had like a tour offer coming up like relatively soon. We had to give the guys a green light, see if we can go and support uh, Savage Messiah. And I was just like, oh man, like, what is going on? So I was kind of all over the place. Like, it was a bit of a, very much an up and down journey. And then Matt joined and then like, it was just like feel totally sort of elated like the band was up and running again we started we started gelling like the the songs were flying together it was like one of the most exciting moments it felt like you know it felt like we did when we started the band like again it felt like we kind of reborn almost um it just fit in really well like we released a single it went like our fans like uh took took on mj like absolutely no problem they really really were digging him and since then it's kind of just been like sort of gradually sort of going going upwards like we, we were obviously sitting on conspiracy for a little while and we were pretty excited to release that just dripping some um some singles here and there and videos and but it wasn't until we actually released it till we, we feel like i feel like it's really kind of picked up and um yeah we're kind of in a, in a really good spot at the moment well, uh, guys, the website, of course, is theravenage.com. You can get all the details on the new album, Conspiracy, which is which is amazing, and I'm such a huge fan of it. Um, just talk about kind of the, the ways people can get it. You can get it, obviously, I think you mentioned Spotify, pretty much available in all the digital formats, and uh, was there was there a physical release as well? Yeah, it's, it's, as you said, it's available on all digitals. Um, yeah, but th- this time, uh, we're only it's only available on our website, uh, being reason being we we started our own record label and are releasing it via that this time round um and it, i don't know it, it unfortunately for us because like you know the, the, the era we're in where no one's really physicals are getting sort of less and less and less sure. it actually ended up being cost worthy like for us to to sort of distribute it to a lot of websites so we additionally uh, it is you can you can get it worldwide from our website, but it's not places like Amazon and, and that where it was before. 
but yeah, we, we have like, CDs and vinyls and all sorts on our, on our website, which we can ship everywhere. All right, the re- website is theravenage.com. Definitely go check out this album. Support this band, The Raven Age. It is awesome. George, can't thank you enough for joining us uh, for, from the UK tonight. And we are, we're going to see you, man, in, uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, that is going to be on um, September the, th- the, the 13th. We're going to be seeing you guys uh, with Iron Maiden the 13th in Vegas. Can't wait to check you guys out again. Uh, I saw you guys in Tulsa the last time uh, back in 2016. Yeah. So it's going to be great to see you again. George, can't thank you enough, man. Best of luck. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Clint. Cheers, man. You bet. Thanks. Big thanks to George Harris for joining us, talking about the Raven Age, talking about the upcoming tour with Iron Megan, the Legacy of the Beast 2019 U.S. tour. It kicks off July 18th in Sunrise, Florida. I will be checking out that show September the 13th in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. Can't wait to catch up with the Raven Age and, of course, Iron Maiden, my favorite band of all time. I make no bones about it. I have an Iron Maiden tattoo on my left arm. Um, I think this is going to be my seventh Maiden show of all time, and it's funny because... Of all these times I've seen Iron Maiden, I've only seen them in Kansas City, my hometown, one time. That was back in 2013 on the Maiden England tour. I've seen Iron Maiden in Chicago. Um, I've seen them in Tulsa. I have seen them in Seattle, Washington, and now Las Vegas coming up. So excited for that. And um, can't thank George Harris enough for joining us. Um, Of course, you heard a little bit of the brand new single from the Raven Age. That title is Fleur de Lis. Um, that definitely has kind of a French connotation to it, and I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, get the album at theravenage.com. Hope you will go and do that. Support this band. Very aggressive and brooding metal sound. Uh, George Harris um, plays guitar. Doesn't play bass as his famous dad did, so he kind of went his own way with that. You heard him talk about how his dad uh, you know, did not uh, steer him necessarily towards music, but it kind of came naturally. And I know his sister, uh, Lauren Harris, has been um, in the music industry as well as, as a singer. So great stuff from them. Guys, so much coming up. We have a lot of interviews uh, in the can, a lot of them coming up. There's going to be so many shows and reviews. Make sure you go to our website, musicmaniapodcast.com. You can get all of our reviews and get all of our shows. They're all archived there. And I hope you're subscribing on, um, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play Music, and Spotify. Those are the three major podcast providers that this show is on be sure to subscribe give us some feedback we always appreciate it guys thanks so much for joining us hope you're able to get outside enjoy some cold beverages get the barbecue going the live music is about to hit us so keep locked and loaded right here on the music mania podcast